Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I've been around cybersecurity for the last 20 years, and I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. My main work is vendor consulting and cybersecurity advisory for companies. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I always intrigued to learn how companies start. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is also affiliated with Security Architecture Podcast. I have a pleasure today to talk to Roy from Resonate, brand new company, literally came out of stealth a couple of days ago. So Roy, welcome to the podcast and please tell us about yourself. Thanks, Evgeny. Thank you for having me. So at my core, I'm a defender, you know, like just like to begin with, like in heart and soul, taking apart things, learning about the vulnerabilities and weaknesses, and then reconstruct them in a way that will be imperitable. And, you know, this is what I did since I was super young to my government career till, you know, the days in MIT, the days like in other companies that I worked for, just like making things safer by hacking them first, but more like in a general way. I live in Boston, you know, like a former or like an MIT grad. I had the honor to be the former head of the counter cyber espionage for the Israeli government and now co-founder and CEO of Resonate. Great. So yeah, I was kind of wondering when I say government, like my government, which government are we talking about? If it's a U.S. government, Israeli government? Yeah, like so uh, the former head of counter cyber espionage for the Israeli government, which is a combined unit for like all three letters agencies working together physically from a technology perspective, cyber perspective in order to protect the nation from cyber espionage and cyber terror. I love how many Israeli companies are coming out of stealth and also innovating I'm myself Israeli as well, spent 16 years in Israel. So always a pleasure to talk to Israeli companies to understand what kind of innovations you're bringing. And today we're talking about I am in a cloud. So if I ask you for elevator pitch, can you summarize in like a minute or two what do you guys do? Yeah, so I think that the best way to do it is just like to explain it as I explained it to my parents that are not from the computer generation area, though like heavy users. So imagine that you're planning to protect your home, okay? And there are like three different actions that you should take, right? Like the first, and you know, the first thing is to identify what to protect. What's the inventory? What is the access pathway that you should protect? And the second one is like, who can access it and what can it do to it? And like, and I think that the third thing is how do I monitor and like constantly look on this, even if it's like moving around the house and outside the house and how do we protect it? This is exactly what we're doing with Resonate with a few differences. We're protecting cloud environments for companies. We're protecting the access and the identities that access to these companies' native apps, infrastructure, resources. And we're doing this as a live muscle, which I'll explain you know, in a second. But the security live muscle, this is the thing that, that we're doing. And the way that it works is pretty simple. We're discovering and profiling and monitoring every identity user machine, resources, data that you have in your cloud, its privileges, its real-time behaviors, and you know the, the, all the actors, machines, or users that are touching this data or this resource in order to create the greater app or the greater business process. We're monitoring them constantly in real-time. We're doing two things on top of this that are unique to us. The fusion of them that we're calling the resonate factor is that we're constantly finding security gaps at instantly at the minute that they're you know they're, they're being made by developers by someone to build like some part of the, the system by partners whatever and fix them so that the window of exposure will be super small 
And at the end, at the same time, we know that defenders cannot defend at once. Sometimes you don't even know what you're building when you're building it. So we're protecting an air coverage in the means of threat detection and response so that if you have something new or an existing resource and hackers are trying or attempting to attack it, we will discover this attempt early on and shut it down. And the way that we're doing this is that we're connecting to your security control to the identity and access mechanisms in your cloud, in your identity providers, you name it. It's like a multi-identity is distributed today. And we're fine-tuning, we're flexing the muscle of your security controls when there's a threat posing on the system. And we can relax it a bit when you know, you're building and there's the risk level is super low. So this is the basic of what we're doing. I'll be happy to, to get into the details if, if needed. Thank you. First of all, I love the idea that you mentioned. I think asset inventory is fundamental to any security program. And also, literally a couple of weeks ago, I was part of the panel in the Cloud Security Alliance, and we spoke about zero trust and how identity is a fundamental part of zero trust. I don't want to call it the product, but it's not a product. It's the zero trust movement approach. And also one of my things I discussed is I would love to click on a button and understand all the access a user have in the environment. So happy you guys moving to this direction. <clears throat> Great. You guys been around for seven, eight months, basically literally coming out of stealth. So I'm wondering, you work for the government for a long time, you did some other things. What happened last year, I guess during December, that you said, okay, it's enough, it's enough, I'm gonna stop my own company. Well, you know, again, this is a great story. Ori and I worked for a long time together, like in the government. We went through like a lot of cyber battles. We had our glory and success. But when we're always speaking about what do we do next, we're coming back to one failure that we have, okay? To like a story that makes us things in our belly when we're thinking about security. And I cannot expose the name, but it was like a critical infrastructure that we knew that is going to be, you know, there will be attempts to compromise one of its computer systems. We knew approximately when, we didn't know how, we saw it's coming. And then when trying to make the battle and, and push out the, the attacker or the, the hacker or like these nation state group that came in, we stumbled into a strong challenge. And it was that the attackers used users' identities and machine identities in those systems in order to sneak our security monitor capabilities. They moved across systems. They moved across users, like, you know, impersonated themselves. It was super hard for us, A, to govern the super visibility and the actionability into the system in order to stop them. They were sneaky. They were just a few, but we needed to operate DevOps teams. We needed to operate the IT people, the developers, the, you know, all the super users in order, you know, to stop and not to break the system. And we were blind to the identities. We were blind to this journey and, you, and always thought, how do we make this super visibility? How do we make something that we later called operational visibility that will allow defenders to know their system by heart and to act on it without break it, to make security resonate without break the business process. And we looked around, we looked up for some products. We spoke with many CISOs and DevOps and we saw a blind spot and we saw an area of, of acting, okay? Acting and changing and adapting security. And I think that moment that we said, listen, Security should be more dynamic. 
it should be more adaptive. It, we should act with confidence all the time and quickly because always only time will matter when you're trying to you know to have like a, to, to win over a conflict with a hacker. This is where we found it from the ideation perspective uh, resonates. You mentioned a partner, so you have a co-founder. I'm guessing not by yourself. Why yeah, together? Why not by yourself? So I'm always looking for teamwork and for people that will complete me. Right? There's like the ideation. There's the daydreaming. There's the you know building the business and there's running and executing a show that continuously grow. I think that it's super hard to do it by yourself. And I always knew Ori like for the last 15 years. And, you know, taking the success stories and failures that we had, and like many journeys that we had, I couldn't really imagine doing it, you know, without him. And when I pitched him, you know, initial ideas, you know, the chemistry was there. We started to build before we even founded a name for the company, right? So it's the chemistry. It's, you know, like it's maybe a habit that they had working with him. I guess it's also everybody have a different perspective and everybody going to take a different roles and build their own part. Yeah, 100%. So like Ori is very execution and like mission oriented when it comes to build stuff. There's, you know, is his the magic guy. There's nothing that he cannot really build. And at the same manner, he will push you back if he's not believing in something, right? It's not just like executing. It's thinking and dreaming together and then waking up in another day. You know, he's in Israel. I'm in Boston. There's seven hours differences. So like waking up in the morning and see the magic happens or already happened and building together. Yeah. You guys had an idea. You actually run the idea about a couple of CISOs and people give you thumbs up. So it's all good. So you kind of did a market validation already. Now, this CISOs, when you decided that you're going to build it, did you come back to them and say, hey, we're going to build this. Would you buy it? So actually, we did something different. We started to sell the idea and the product even before we built it. So we surveyed like 70% of the times so we just like listen to the problems. And then it was more than imagine that if we would have that, would you buy it? It was, okay, we're going to have this in one month. Let's start a paperwork. Do you want to be a design partner? Would you use it? And even before we had a UI, we had like an active customers. This is interesting. So I'm going to ask you a different question. If you go on LinkedIn and you will quickly see that the CISO time is like gold or diamonds. Everybody wanted part of CISO and everybody want to sell to a CISO, even so I not always agree with this part. That's a different story. What made the CISOs that you discuss with talk to you? Why would they spend time to talking to you? Well, it's, it's only, again, my assumptions, but I saw identity as a mainline item for CISOs. They understood that identity is the new gate or like the new access keys to the kingdom, right? To the cloud. And all of us that you know, started with security like 15, 20 years ago are migrating to the cloud. We're immigrators, right? And we're looking for the right tools that will help us with this immigration to understand what is happening, to control and to govern. Now think about a CISO, like super veteran, like scars on his back, that now needs to deal with a new world when DevOps have the keys to the kingdom and granting access and permissions, when developers control it, he's looking for this visibility. He's looking for this control and governance. So, so this is one thing that the migration to the cloud pushed, I think, many CISOs to look for new different tools that will allow them to govern and to understand. The second thing is that the hackers did the work for us. There's many cyber attacks. I think that Gartner mentioned 85% of them 
are based on compromised identity, are based on largely move with, you know, across identities and across privileges in the cloud. And there's something missing there. And maybe the third point is that governments, even though the Biden administration had this like decision that every government office and every strong public company needs to have an identity and access control and monitoring. So all of these together, you know, came into minds of CISOs that try to reevaluate the way that we're doing security, either by retrofitting what they already have or doing something new. So you already have your network of CISOs, you knew your approach to them is the problem. And because of all the things you mentioned before, they were happy enough to talk to you. Correct. You went to different CISOs and you pretty much had a, a paying customers even before you had a product. So you now need to decide what you're going to develop because I'm guessing everybody wanted something else. Everybody want to kind of take the blanket and say, we want this. So how you decided what to develop and which direction to take the product? It's again, a, a great question. You know, we just went back to, you know, the times that we were defenders at the front line and asked what's important like to make first and super visibility, a panoramic or end-to-end -end visibility to my system in real time was the first thing that everything is built on. Okay, how the system is constructed now things like the dynamics in real time between the things. However, we learned that this is not enough. The visibility should be operational. So one that looks can make an action and change the reality on top of it. So this is how we decided. We wanted to solve a very lean use case of end-to-end -end panoramic visibility and allow the CISO to make a decision and an action at the same time. And this is how we prioritize this. We've been, and you know, we picked AWS, we picked Okta as an identity provider, and we provided 360 you know, process end-to-end -end in order to you know, detect problems and to solve them. Okay. So you are right now, literally a couple of days out of stealth. Is your design customers already customers by this now? I'm happy to say that yes. Okay. Did they all were happy with the features or they want more stuff because like, oh yes, I agree to buy, but I actually want this part as well. Oh, this is just the beginning. No, we all dreaming together about how to make things faster, smoother, more holistic. Our customers understand that not everything needs to be or, or possible to be made, you know, at once. But I can tell you that there's one thing that everybody cares about, actionability. Don't just like show me how things can mess up. Don't show me that somebody's attacked me. Give me the tools, give me the power to act with confidence and stop it. I think it's great because I remember like six, seven years ago when EDR came out and the idea we can detect, but there was no response. Hey, there was a problem. And then we have the new, the first ESPM product that came out for the cloud security posture management. Hey, there's a problem. How do I fix it? Like, well, how to fix it, but somehow you fix it. So I'm very happy that you guys decided to not just show the problem, but also show or maybe even help remediate the problem as well. I can tell you one thing that regarding the first pitches that we've made to investors, we're relying on that. You know, we're in the industry almost, you know, one generation, always, almost 20, 25 years. And we saw patterns of security evolution. It's always that somebody brings a new world at mind, right? It can be the internet, the cloud, and you know, you name it, it will be quantum computing. Then there's that governance part, right? We're building governance, security governance tools that will allow us to control what's happening. Next coming the intrusion detection, exactly like you said, EDR, let's detect. 
And then we're saying, way to go, like, just a second, like we've detected, we need to act upon what we've detected. So there's response tools. And then like upon the governance and the integration and the detection and response, there are automation tools. And then you're stacking up so high that you need to buy service in order to operate everything. So how can you make identity security well-rounded, revolutionized across this path that you know we just like spoke about from day one? This is what you know we visioned when we've built this, is how we pitched it. You raised money and you now need to hire people. And we kind of spoke already that one of the reasons why you have a co-founder because there's different views and everybody can do something better. What was your view to hire people? How you decided what you're gonna maybe look in the people? Maybe you have certain ideas or trends that you it's important for you in the in people. I believe that a good hire is one that you know his or her personal story is aligned with that story that the company wants to tell. And in, like in our story, we were hungry to make an impact and to change the way that identity and access is being managed. So we were looking for people who can understand this pain and that this pain will resonate with them to begin with, regardless if you're like a security researcher, a top notch on this area, or that you're a developer that's writing a microservice that might, you know, like uh, process a very small portion of this data. People that at glance will understand, you know, will understand the problem and it will resonate with them. And, you know, like Ori was the first that always ran the interview. I was the second. And the first question that was asked, can you please pitch me resonate? Tell me what we're doing. And, you know, by the first few sentences, you, you can know it's if fit. this person, yeah, like is, you know, is, is what we're looking for as a partner for our journey. Because you already have customers. And I guess the question is going to, what is the part in your story that you knew you're in a correct path? Maybe it's a customer told your VC in industry trend that you clearly understood you're going to the right direction and you don't need to change direction. Our first paying customer and first design partner, which is not like a person that we knew before or another organization, like we worked with them in the past, but it wasn't like a, you know, like a super strong friendship over there. It was like a professional relationship. They went through major changes. They, the CISO went out and like did his own thing. So there was a new CISO. They had a DevOps was, you know, like changed two times. And the, the, the users of our system with changes were changed as well. You know, across a few months, we had major changes. They had many security products, right? Resonate was there. It's like, it was like super highly utilized and used. Every day, they came back with questions. And then we know that this stability is not a matter of, you know, just a relationship over a commitment, it's a need, it's a pain. And when, like the second thing is that when they worked on their budget and they tried to clear out some money and some full-time fees, they looked at us as a solution, not as a burden that they need to optimize. So they took, they had a lot of security products, they got rid of some of them, but they said, you know what, like we, we can't find something that will, you know, integrate your capabilities, you know, and then taking you out or something. So it's good, you're in the right path. So these two things, you know, the time and the stability of the solution were convincing. Love the story. I think when the customer decides to pay money for the product, it's always a good indication that something is going well, even so you're in a very, very beginning of the product. 
even so you guys been running for only seven, eight, nine months, if you can go back to the beginning and recommend for you, Roy, 12 months ago to do something else, what would you recommend? I need to think about this. I think that it's, it wasn't go, it wasn't go so, so long so that I can go back and say specifically, there's like obviously many mistakes that we've done, but I wouldn't fix them. I think that, and it might maybe sound like a cliche, you know, like as it is, we said, security is a muscle, like being founders and or like a core team is a muscle. You need to learn. You need to have a mistake. There's, there was nothing devastated that I know. I probably like in a year when we'll speak, I will go back and say, oh my God. But I think that it's I a little bit too- I'll guess you have to talk again in a year. Great. We're going to move to what I call dark space or dark side. It's when we speak about stuff that didn't go well. Again, you don't have to mention names, but it will be very good to hear some stuff that didn't go as expected because I learned from myself, as you say as well in cybersecurity, you learn by mistakes and you adapt and you learn by mistakes and in time as well. I think that again, like it's a, we're a little bit of like a premature to speak about that. Like I bet that there were some bad decisions that I will look back, like an insight and say, oh my God, you know, like it, it made, you know, this was the dark side or whatever. But I think that it's a little bit too early. So like, I, I cannot- And it's good. And it's good. I know part of being an entrepreneur and a founder, not every day it's a sunny day. There are sometimes ups and downs. It's part of the nature. Not everything works as we expected. When this happened, is there anything you do personally that help you to kind of get back on a horse and continue working? Yeah, there are many. You know, it's a roller coaster for sure. And like, and with short, like upsides and downsides there all the time. And I can tell you that what's kind of like stings most is that, you know, you think that you had a perfect day or like you, you almost closed the sale or, and you know, you got some more money on like the person that you want to bring. And then you're speaking with your, one of your team members and they're not happy. Right. And they're complaining and they're sharing openly that something is bad, that we're not at the course of action that they thought that we should go through or anything else. And it, it can partially ruin my day. What I'm doing is that I'm speaking with my co-founder. Well, we're opening the day, like we're calling this connecting Boston and Tel Aviv every morning and closing the day every evening. And we're actually speaking about these things, not about operational things. And, you know, I'm just like getting a, a different angle about that. And I think th this is what helped me. Like uh, one of the reasons that I wanted this partnership. So coming up, great. Any meditation sports you personally do to help you as well? Because I do believe our mental mind, our mental health is very important. And we don't have a physical way to kind of take the bad energy out and bring the good one back. It's going to be hard on the long run. So I'm trying to get into sports every time. I have a treadmill over here to tell you, like, it's dusty as we're going through this, but I can tell you what's the best sports. I'm spending time with my kids. My son is a, like a, a very talented soccer player. They're calling him like little Messi on the neighborhood. Playing with him, like with his eight years old, getting, like, getting all the energy and you know, burning tons of calories. And I think that this balance is, is the best for me. Nice. Thank you, Roy. Thank you very much. Good luck with the new beginning. Sounds like a very exciting. I personally believe in IAM a lot. Anything you want to add before we start kind of finishing the recording the episode? I've enjoyed speaking with you. I think that, you know, we're in the verge of like a strong change in security that clouds brings. And I strongly believe that IAM is part of it. 
and like happy to speak with you in, in a year or so, even a little bit more. And then, you know, like looking inside and see if we were right or wrong. Sounds good. Everybody that's listening, thank you very much. Please tune in, please subscribe, please comment and tell your friends. Roy, thank you very much. Thank you again.